us together. That's right. And so when we follow Jesus together, part of that is in the area of finances, in the area of finances. In fact, I want to tell you, my, here's the, really the whole, the whole sermon in a nutshell. The most gracious Christ-like people I know on this earth, this is the first things I wrote down when I started writing this sermon, are incredibly generous. The most gracious Christ-like people I know on this planet are incredibly generous. I think the deeper you understand the gospel, the more generous you become. The, the, the deeper your revelation of the gospel, because what is the gospel? The Father gave. The Father gave. I was thinking about my parents. I was thinking about the harnets. I was thinking about so many people I've met that have blown my mind when it comes to generosity. I think of being a teenager and the number of times when my, my dad would just lend the car. I was like, Who, who's that guy taking the car? I, he's like, I don't know. I just met him at church last week. I'm like, and you're giving him our car. I remember actually, <laughs> are my parents here? Oh, praise God. I'll throw him under the bus. All right. So <laughs> I remember when I was given a car and multiple times somebody would take, like, who's taking my car? And he's like, oh, well, it's the Lord's car. I'm like, I thought you said it was mine. But anyway, pastor kid life. But um, my parents taught me what, what it meant to really be a steward, what it meant to really understand that everything is God. So we'll talk about that. It didn't matter what people needed. They would just give. And God always supplied their needs and our needs. I want to give you the three takeaways. They're going to be very simple, very easy to remember today. When I give cheerfully, I extend God's grace. When I give faithfully, I extend God's grace. And when I give spontaneously, I extend God's grace. So here's our first one. When I give cheerfully, I extend the grace that I've received. When I give cheerfully, everybody say cheerfully. One more time, everybody say cheerfully. If you get stung by that wasp, oh, look at that. Look at that. Ready? That happens once a fall. I need to work on my karate skills. That's with an exterminator, people. They are very vicious, little demons with wings, but... We believe in deliverance, and if you get stung, we believe in healing, so it's all good. It's all good. When I give cheerfully, I extend God's grace. There's been so many times in my life when I have had the fun, the joy of giving, and there's been so, much, so many fun times in my life when I've had the joy of receiving. How many, just, just nod your heads with me if you've ever had God supernaturally supply. Yeah, exactly. It's like the whole, the whole church. It's amazing. There's been so many times, and I want to say this. I honestly believe this with, with the depth of my heart. When Jesus said this in, in Luke, when he said, if you can't be trusted with earthly things, how will you be trusted with eternal things? And what he's saying there is the area of finances is the most elementary expression of faith. Think about that. And so I wonder how many... Christians miss out on the next thing God wants to do in their life because they haven't yet first passed that elementary. That elementary. Everybody say elementary. Jesus said, if you can't be trusted with these earthly things, you know what's else interesting? That verse, I was rereading it this week when he says, when you are faithful, the person who is faithful with much is faithful with a lot. I remember hearing that thinking that that verse said, the person who is faithful will be faithful with a lot. How many of you guys have ever heard it that way? Well, I reread it and I looked it up on Logos and turns out that as original versions, it doesn't say will be. It says, he who is faithful with little is faithful with much. Isn't that interesting? He already is. 
In God's perspective, you already are. Because he knows if you can be trusted with $10, you can be trusted with 10000 Amen? So there's such a simple, fun expression here of expressing God's grace. When I'm able to give money to someone who needs it, it is so fun. Has anybody ever given a Pentecostal handshake? Come on, you know what I'm talking about. A couple weeks ago, we gave, I gave this guy a Pentecostal handshake, and he teared up and he said, man, this is crazy. We wanted to go on an awesome anniversary trip, and uh, we didn't know we were going to be too tight and know how we were going to afford it. I'm like, well, God just told me to do it, and now your joy becomes my joy, and it's fun. Everybody say, it's fun. 2 Corinthians 9, verse 6, turn in your Bibles or scroll in your Bible app to 2 Corinthians 9, verse 6. When you got it, shout, got it. Three of you, that's awesome. The point is this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he's decided in his heart. Everybody put your hand on your heart. Everybody say heart. Look at this. Not reluctantly, not under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. Who's a cheerful God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. Doesn't this passage sound like Matthew 6, put first the kingdom of God and all of these things will be taken care of? Isn't that amazing? So here's the thing. God wants us to trust him. And so many things in your faith journey is about trust, isn't it? Come on, how many would agree with that? So many things in my faith journey is about trust. Trust. And one of the clearest ways you can see or God can see if you're trusting him is in this area of finances. There is such a joy when we give cheerfully. And sadly, I've had people tell me over coffee or in my office, and I can, I can think of their faces now, who have, who have sat under ministries and under people and even life group leaders who accidentally imposed this kind of big guilt trip. And that is not the word of God. There's simply teachings of blessing, and then there's the teaching to give spontaneously, to give faithfully. But sadly, some people have a really sour taste in their mouth when it comes to finances because they've heard it taught the wrong way. It's like a lot of things in life. You can hear it taught the wrong way, and then you have a misperception. But finances are fun. In fact, I remember I was at a a seminar called Building God's Way three years ago when we were looking at church planting and what it's like to, you know, get acquire buildings and plants and this and that and capital campaigns. And the guy said, the, the teacher said, all right, all the pastors in the room. He said, how many of you, you know, you feel so funny teaching about, about finances that you only preached once in particular on money in the last three years? And almost everybody's hand went up. And I thought to myself, I preached on it twice in the last year. And I thought, it's actually not awkward for me because why would I not want to tell you about God's incredible blessings I've seen him bless over and over and over and over and over, over and over and over and over and over. Like so many, I'm looking out and I'm looking at faces who have seriously been at the Financial Freedom Seminar. I see you nodding your heads. You've worked on a budget with me or one of our, our teams, our coaches, and then you watched God just bless. And it is a blast. It is so much fun to see that. So bringing an offering to the Lord's house, this concept of giving cheerfully, is not just taught by Jesus, but it's taught in the Old Testament, Deuteronomy, Leviticus, Genesis, right? There's basically those three points today, and it's sometimes difficult to separate 
how these levels of giving are taught in God's word. But I want to tell you what R.C. Sproul said this. There are three basic types of giving, right? Number one, the tithe. This is the minimum. This is the one-tenth. Number two, the offering. This is above the tithe uh, to give in a specific need. And then number three, a sacrificial gift, often spontaneous. And I thought, man, I had already written my, my sermon. And I said, thank you, R.C. Sproul, because he confirmed what God had put in my heart, that we can give cheerfully, faithfully, and spontaneously. So I actually feel led to give spontaneously right now. And I'm going to ask some of you to join me in it. So we're going to embarrass somebody. Who loves embarrassing somebody? Let's do it. Who wants to embarrass somebody with blessing them? Who's ready? Only me and John. That's it. Guys, I need audience participation. Do we have like some embarrassing music, some fun music? Can I get like a party jam, some Toby Mac or something? All right. I need Amy Knowles to come down here because I feel led to embarrass her. So Amy, just come down real quick. Now, we did this one other time and I just feel led to do it now and the board's probably going to kill me because <laughs> there's literally a compassion fund. But so here's what I'm going to do and I'm going to challenge you to do and it will live out what we're talking about. I heard her, I was walking past, she didn't know I was listening. And see, a pastor's ear is always listening, just so you know. And I heard her say, well, I'm trying to remodel my bathroom. As I was walking by, I was like, oh, I caught that. Thank you, Holy Spirit. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to pay to remodel her bathroom. So I got my cash out. I want to see who wants to join me. Just bring your money up and put it right here. And I know it's kind of like, what? Yes, we're going to pay to remodel her bathroom. Because this is a single mom that we want to take care of in our church. And this is the spontaneous part. So yes, you can write compassion on a check. But if you want to bring some cash up, just put it right there. And we're going to live out the kingdom of God, and we're going to take care of her bathroom. You know why? God cares about her, and God cares about her bathroom. That's right. That's a lot of cash. Isn't that fun? Look at all the smiles. I love it. Woo! Uh, she's going to need security on her way to her car. We need a basket. Here. Here, we'll put it in a basket. Look how fun this is. Thank you, Lord. Everybody say, thank you, Lord. Woo, there's some 50s up in here. Some Franklins. Yeah, all the presidents. All the presidents are welcome. The Franklins, the Washingtons. Now, how many of you had fun in that exercise? Isn't that fun? Here, want your bathroom remodeled? There you go. You walk, yeah. Everybody give it up for Amy. All right. Now, how fun is that? Now, how fun is that? I remember one time I was preaching at this church in Pittsburgh. And the Lord gave me a prophetic word for the pastor. And I was not, I was like scared to, to say it because all I had was one line. And I just was in the middle of my sermon, and I can't shake this feeling. I, I looked at her as a woman pastor. I said, do you have a really ugly purple bathroom? And she goes, yes. <laughs> and I said, and then I saw three times that she saved and then chose to give it to missions. And I said, three times you've given to the Lord's house, so God's going to give to your house. And I said, let's remodel her bathroom. And the whole church came up, and it was just like that, a big old wad of cash, and it was crazy. Uh, and then I talked to her the next day, and she's like, it was every dollar I needed. How many of you guys realize God cares about you? He cares about you. And it's fun to just give cheerfully 
when the Lord prompts you to do that. So we see this in the book of Exodus 2.22. I've got so many scriptures. I'm just going to give you a few. Tell the sons of Israel to raise a contribution. Every man whose heart moves him. See that? Every man whose heart, because it's about the heart. This is the contribution from which you are to raise from them, gold, silver, and bronze. Offerings. When you take a census of the sons of Israel, number them. Each one shall give a ransom for himself to the Lord. When you number them, there will be no plague among them. This is what everyone who is numbered shall give, half a shekel. Bring it to the sanctuary. And he goes on and on. Whoever is numbered from 20 years old and older will give this, shall give this contribution. The rich shall not pay more. The poor shall not pay less. They shall give according to what they have. Exodus 30, verse 12. Take among you a contribution. Ever say contribution? Everyone whose heart has stirred him. Everyone whose spirit. Look at these words. I, I found some really cool verses that talk about the heart. Exodus 35. Everyone who can make a contribution of silver and bronze brought it to the Lord's contribution. Everyone moved in the heart. This is amazing because this is, what, this is before the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2. But yet God was moving on their heart. Even when David collected all the resources for the temple, do you know there was more than enough? So when Solomon went to build the tabernacle, it was amazing. He had everything he needed. Leviticus 14, verse 21. He shall offer what he can afford. All right, so when I give faithfully, everybody say Faithfully. When I give faithfully, I extend God's grace that I've received. So first of all, when I give cheerfully, when I give cheerfully. But number two, when I give faithfully, all right, so this whole concept of stewardship, because here's the thing, I can't be faithful unless I understand who I am. Faithfulness is like an action, right? Well, it's, it's predicated on my perception of myself. Think about that. I can't, I, I added this part of the sermon this morning because it's like I can't just say when I'm faithful because I won't be faithful unless I know who I am. I'm a steward. You see what I'm saying? I can't be faithful unless I know I'm a steward. And what is a steward? A manager of what God has entrusted to you. A manager. Everybody just open your hands. What God puts in these hands, you are to manage carefully because it's God's. You see what I'm saying? How many guys, how many get, it makes you a little sober-minded, right? It makes me careful. I, I, I want to be faithful. Look at Psalm 24. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness, the world and all those who dwell on them. So as much as I've, I've preached a few sermons on this, but I was rereading and looking at Larry Burkett and R.C. Sproul and a few others, and they were saying the same thing. They're saying, look, it all has to do with these kind of verses, that when you understand everything in your life is a gift of God's grace. How many of you guys have a roof over your head? That's God's grace to you. How many of you guys have a job? Come on, raise your hand. That's God's grace to you. Right? That's God showing his goodness to you. So man's stewardship began in the garden. Right? God gives Adam and Eve full dominion over the entire creation, and he asks them to care for it. I think this is so interesting because God is God. He could have cared for it by himself. Isn't that interesting? But he let humans tend the garden and care for it. Same thing when Jesus, right, when he goes to feed everybody. That was hitting me this morning as I was praying and thinking. He could have just magically made every basket full, couldn't he? But you know what he said? You feed them. I think he was teaching them the joy of giving. So the beauty of the tithe that God instituted, Abraham 
tithes to Melchizedek, when Cain brought his first 10%, when Leviticus 22, when Deuteronomy 22. The beauty of this is it didn't matter what social class you were in, what amount you make. Politics, think about this, politics couldn't distort it. Isn't that interesting? So in this structure, a person who made 10,000 per year returns one tithe, 1%, I'm sorry, 1,000 in tithe. The person who makes 1 million per year returns 100,000. The rich person returns far more money, but it's the same percentage. It's like when Jesus taught about the widow, right? And she gave more, he said. So look at Malachi chapter 3, if you got your Bibles, or you can just look at the screen. Malachi chapter 3. I know you've heard me teach on this before, but I want to say this again. Look at this. Will a man rob God? Yet you're robbing me. But you say, how have we robbed you? And he replies, in your tithes and offerings. You are cursed with the curse for robbing me, but the whole nation of you. Bring the tithe into the storehouse. So he's giving also an invitation. Look at this. Bring the tithe in, and there will be food in my house. Therefore, put me to the test, the Lord says. I will open the windows of heaven for you and pour out a blessing until there's no more need. That's an incredible promise. And as a pastor, I've only been in this role five years, and I've already seen time after time after time when someone has called or texted or stopped in my office and said, Pastor, you won't believe this. We never tithe their whole life. We thought there's no way we can afford living on 90% of our income. But we started tithing last month, and then all of a sudden my income went like this. All of a sudden I got that rate. All of a sudden I got this blessing or this inheritance or this or whatever. I've heard it a thousand times. You know why? God is incredibly faithful. God means what he says in this word. Do you know God means what he says in this word? It's unbelievable. So it's this invitation. So I was thinking about this. Why was the original, why did God do that other than just teaching us to trust him? Why did he institute this? It was actually to support the Levites who had a, no tribal allocation of land. Right, so I was rereading this. All of, the, all of the nation of Israel, they had an allotment of land. But the Levites were dedicated to worshiping the Lord uh, and to ministering to people. Right, so the Levites were set apart to take care of the spiritual and educational responsibilities. If you're taking notes, if you like to take notes like I do, just write down Numbers 18. Numbers 18. And so they would take care of these physical necessities. They would take care of the worship. They would take care of the building of the house of God. And so under the new covenant, this tithe continues to support the work of building up the truth of God reaching people who are lost. When I give faithfully, I want to say this, I extend God's grace that I've received. When I give faithfully, I extend God's grace. I'm going to give you a bunch of things I wrote down, but I'm going to start with one I didn't write down. A conversation I just had over the weekend, well, yesterday, a single mom who's going to get incredibly blessed. She has a unique story, and she's working on her budget with me because there's one thing I uh, instituted and became pastor is before we give a, a compassion check away, we want to teach people to fish, not just give them fish. We always teach them how to fish. And so if they're willing to work with me or one of our coaches on their budget, then we're happy to assist them. And she is willing to do that. And so we are, we're going to be able to bless her. Why can we bless her? Because of the faithfulness of God's people. Look at, look at what God's word just said. So that everyone would be without need. Everybody say everyone. Guys, I want to just give you a couple cool testimonies. We've seen 125 guests at our campuses since January. 32 people have given their heart to Christ since January 1st. Can we give God a praise, God? 20 life groups. 
With 60% of our church are in life groups, in discipleship. And most important to me is our social impact, reaching people in our community who are suffering without a family, with 44 kids coming into care and four adoptions. This is the stuff that takes place because of faithfulness. We've seen marriages restored, so many marriages, through counseling, through my dad, through myself, through the other pastors. Physical healings, right? This is the house of God, encouragement, life-giving words that take place inside and outside of this building. We see Levites being mentored through David Yu. We see free fruit Fridays. Yes, I can never say that. Everybody just try that tongue twister with me so I'm not the only loser in the room. Free fruit, see, I can't do it. I have, I have to add an R. Free, not fruit, I know. Free food Fridays. There we go. Thank you, Pastor Andrew, for giving us a very difficult title on that. 85 people are fed. It's a great spot for an amen, and you missed the chance. So let's try this side. 85 people are fed. You guys need to do better. You guys are like the Steelers and the Browns, although y'all always lose, whatever. Okay, let's keep going. Browns, I know. Man, you just mentioned Browns. People are like going into seizures over here. Although Brissette's doing good. He's looking good. All right, here we go. Life change. This is the most important thing, right? People turning their hearts to Jesus. So when I give faithfully, I'm extending the work of God. I'm extending the house of God. I'm extending what God instituted with Ephesians 4. When it says, not the spirit, but Jesus himself gave the, the pastor, apostle, teacher, prophet, the evangelist, everything we celebrated last week. Um, which, by the way, I want to say again, you guys just really blessed us as, as the pastors. And we're incredibly Blessed, And it is such an honor for me and Danielle to pastor here. Seriously, it is such a joy. And so what you guys saw illustrated last week even, that is able to be continued. 2 Corinthians 8, verse 11. Give whatever you can according to what you have. If you are really eager to give, it's important. It isn't important how much you're able to give. But God wants you to give according to what you have, not what you don't have. Of course, I don't mean that you should give so much that you suffer. By the way, I have had to tell people, two people in particular in our church, stop giving. <laughs> Pay your bills first. All right. Right now, right now, you have plenty and can help. But then at some point in the future, you can, they can share with you when you need it. In this way, everyone's needs will be met. So God wants to meet the needs of people, and God indicates this, that we can, we can do that if we steward carefully. So I want you to do something in faith this week. Do something in faith this week. In fact, I got a bunch of stories for you today. One story came on Friday. A guy in our church calls me. He says, Pastor Jordan, you got to hear this. This is crazy. He's at Dairy Queen. Good ice cream. Amen. Good. It's a good spot. And he feels, he sees this guy mopping the floor. He says, man, I couldn't. He said, Pastor, you know how you talk about that nudge thing all the time that the Holy Spirit nudges you? And I said, yeah. He goes, well, I felt that nudge. I said, well, what happened? He goes, I felt this nudge to give money to the guy mopping the floor and tell them that God has big plans for him. And he sees your faithfulness. He said, so I did it. The guy said, oh my gosh. He gives him the money and he says, God sees your faithfulness. He has big plans for you. Keep being faithful. And the guy goes, I'm training for ministry. I hate mopping this floor. <laughs> How many would hate mop? Okay, I hate mopping this floor. He goes, but I I'm trying to be faithful. Now, how cool is that, that God saw his heart mopping that floor? 
I've told young people all this uh, all the time. Do whatever you can, Jeremiah's heard me say this, do it as unto the Lord. If you're moving chairs, we, me and Brandon and Jeremiah, we go into a church, sometimes the chairs, the piano, the flowers are everywhere, everything, right? And we got to go move a bunch of stuff. Do it as unto the Lord. Do it as if it's just as fun and just as important as playing the guitar. Amen? All right. So I want to say this. this is gonna, this, everybody just pull your toes in. Pull your toes in. This one's going to hurt. All right, you ready for the stinger? All right, I wrote this one down. Here we go. Many Christians use cliches like, I'm waiting on God, when in reality, God's waiting on you. <laughs> you know? So I told you it hurt. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm sorry he said that. Just, just look him right in the eyes. But we do, right? There's times when we say, well, I'm just waiting on God. And God's like, I'm waiting on you. God's like, I, I'm, I already gave you an assignment last month. What'd you do with that, you know? Like there's been times that I've missed it. How many of you guys know you've missed it? God told you to give and then you drive away and you're like, I am a scum of the earth. I missed it. Anybody, is it just me? Thank you. Me and Mick, awesome. The rest of you, just amazing. <laughs> there's been times I missed it. I want to tell a story. Well, I won't. One time, this was so cool. I asked God to give me another chance and then I ran into the guy again. And I was like, you, I have to give you money. He's like. It was actually really funny. I remember right where I was. I was in Panera. This is about three years ago. And I said, I saw you at Lowe's last month, and I was supposed to give you money, and I was too stingy, and I'm really sorry. And he's like, what? And, and uh, it was really awkward. But then I said, I said, I don't know, man. I just see you with a measuring tape, and it's not just because you were at Lowe's. Like, I really think you're a builder. He's like, yeah, I'm a builder. I'm like, well, God's going to provide your needs. So I gave him some money. And I was like, dude, why are you doing that? It was really confusing to him. But I said, just God loves you. That's it. That's all you got to know. As God loves you. All right? We need to know that God is our provider. I'm not worried about missing out on that money. Do you understand that? I'm not worried at all. Tim, it doesn't, I don't stress. I don't worry about it. It could be $5, it could be $500. I don't worry about it. You know why? God is my provider. God is my provider. All right, here comes the more fun part. Here we go. When I give spontaneously, I extend God's grace. How many of you, raise your hand if you planned on giving to Amy Knowles today? Maybe some of you are very prophetic. You saw it in your minds. I know, that can happen. How many of you spontaneously gave to Amy Knowles today as we all did that together? Yeah. So how many of you, and how many of you had fun? Right? Absolutely. It is fun to spontaneously give. And I asked the Lord, is there a time when Paul spontaneously give? And the Lord's like, yes, here we go. Here's what Paul did. He paid off Onesimus' bill. Look at this. Philemon chapter 1. If you consider me your partner, receive him as you would receive me. You hear that? Value him as much as you value me, he says. If he has wronged you at all or owes you any money, charge it to my account. I, Paul, write this with my own hand. I will repay it. To say nothing of your own owing me or even your own self, which Paul's, Paul's directness is hilarious. Is anybody else come and laugh at Paul? You know, he's like, listen, I know I prophesy more than all of you. <laughs> and then he'll teach about prophecy. But anyway, <laughs> just funny. He's like, now be humble. Okay. But Paul says, even though you owe me, yes, brother, I want some benefit from you. But hey, refresh my heart. Let me pay Onesimus' bill. All right, so just to make sure you get this, let's pretend Jer Jeremiah, stand up real quick. Be my illustration. Thank you for being voluntold. Everybody look at Jeremiah. Say hi, Jeremiah. 
yes, he's the man as tall as I am while standing on a stage. He is eye level with me. So let's pretend he is uh, Onesimus, which is, that's a cool name. And, and uh, I'm Paul. And he owes, he owes, right? Exactly, the look. How many guys, you know that feeling when you owe somebody? It's like, oh, I owe them, right? And then you avoid eye contact. No, I'm just kidding. This would be just like if he had a big loan and I said, hey, I know we're friends and I know you don't know him yet. Let's pretend it's Brandon. He owes Brandon, okay? It'd be like if I said, hey, Brandon, when you see him, put his charge on my account. I want to pay his bill. How would you feel about that? <laughs> he said, two thumbs way up. You'd feel pretty good, right? You may be seated. Very simple. You see, giving is very simple. Sometimes it's like, I simply want to pay their bill. Why would you do that? To show God's love. Just to show God's love. All right? I want to tell you another story. Just because stories help drive it home. I remember I was uh, selling some music equipment and I had this one keyboard and I was starting to list it, okay? And I felt like the Holy Spirit said, don't list it, I want you to give it away. And so I just, I just put it up against the desk near the Keurig and I was like, all right. So about two months went by and I had this new couple over at church and she says, oh, I used to play piano but I had to sell it. And I said, oh, why'd you have it? She said, well, just things were tight. And I'm like, I have a keyboard for you, let's go get it. She's like, what? I'm like, yeah, I have a keyboard for you. God told me to give the keyboard away and it's yours. And that's fun. How many of you, again, raise your hand if you've ever been able to be that channel of blessing to someone else? Absolutely. It is so much fun. Okay, look at this. God's word tells us what genuine Christianity looks like. Look at Romans chapter 12. Let love be genuine. Everybody say genuine. Remember, we preached on Romans 12 during our spiritual gifts sermon two weeks ago. And this is the con continuation he says, let love be genuine. Hate what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Look at this. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. I love that about the way the Holy Spirit inspired Paul to write because Paul can be so direct, right? Show hospitality. Contribute to the needs. Be patient when you're in tribulation, right? Be fervent in spirit and rejoice in hope. Outdo one another in showing honor. Outdo one another. All of this flows from what? A gracious heart. When I realize, if you missed the entire sermon, don't miss this. When I realize the grace that God has given me, when I realize that for God so loved the world that he gave. Everybody say he gave. When I realize that God so loved me that he gave his only son for me, I am ecstatic to do anything in my power to make him a savior and Lord. And I want to say something kind of, kind of the, it's going to challenge you. A lot of Christians make Jesus savior and not Lord. 
But Lord means he's in charge of everything. He's really the master. Do you know, I had heard it said before, so I thought I would look it up to make sure it was accurate, that Jesus talked more about money than heaven and hell. And do you know he did? I couldn't believe it. I was like, wow. I started reading, I was literally read chapter after chapter in Matthew, chapter after chapter in Mark. And I was writing how many times he talked about money. Why? It's such an easy way to see where our lordship is. It's so easy. And when I give cheerfully, everybody say cheerfully, I extend God's grace. When I give faithfully, I extend God's grace. And when I give spontaneously, I extend God's grace. I want to ask you guys again to also be praying. Be praying about our 10 cities mission. Guys, this pastor, this Victor, that I, that I uh, was able to actually visit him at his house on Thursday night, he is so excited about his church plant. He actually, it's called Ambassadors, but it's a, it's a Hispanic church. And I told him, I want to try really hard to learn Spanish. <laughs> um, I know, pray for me. <laughs> no hablo espanol, okay? But I'm going to try really hard. I already do it at Mexican restaurants, and they just look at me like I'm an idiot. But anyway, <laughs> I do. I'm like, mas. <laughs> That's it. Um, <laughs> I really, guys, I want to bless Victor so bad. Like, I cannot wait till January starts when our leverage leadership starts, and he goes through this training, and he finishes it, and remember, our, our, our promise, what I feel called to do, is 25000 and then another 25000 over the course of five years. And then they pay back into the church planting mission uh, 5% of their budget over the course of their, their church. We learned that from Jeff Leak and other church planting movements. But how many of you guys realize this takes faith? And, and listen, I'd be lying to you if I said I was scared. Remember the first time I said it? I was scared. I mean, I was so sheepish. I was like, hey, guys, I have this church planning idea. I don't even know if it's good. <laughs> but I really think we're supposed to do this. I really think we're supposed to transform Trumbull. I think there's supposed to be a church, you know, raising up a pillar of hope and reaching the orphan, the widow, and the poor. And I think God's going to do it. And guess what? God is doing it. But it takes all of us working together. So I want to ask the prayer team to come to the sides of the altars. We're going to play some music. But I want you to have two types of responses today, okay? Two types of responses. Number one, if you say, you know what? I know this area of my life is a mess. Like I stress over money. And for many of us, especially with inflation, right? It, it's a lot more stressful than it used to be. Come to one of these prayer team members. They've been trained, right? They're not gonna push you down. They're not gonna spit on you. They're gonna very gently pray with you and go to God in prayer with you, believing for miracles, and you watch, God will do it. But there's a second way that I want you to respond. Now, this is gonna challenge the charismatics. I'm just gonna tell you. Because I, in my traveling days, I traveled to a lot of Baptist and Methodist and Reformed church. There's something the Reformed church, I think, has down that we can learn from in the charismatics. How many of you guys know we're always learning? As charismatics, we really like emotion. Pastor Matt, you know what I'm saying? We like, we like emo, you know, it's like, play the song again. I just want to cry. Now, you don't say that, but 
right? Come on, who, who loves a good Bethel song and a good cry? Come on, right? But the action step today, I'm going to challenge you, is not to come to the altar. The action step, the action step is to look at your budget. The action step is if you, if you know you're financially in a mess, you fight about it with your spouse, you're not on the same page, you're not able to give spontaneously, the money is just not there, then I want to encourage you to come out to a seminar on January 14th. I'm giving you two and a half months notice to write it down. When God started teaching me about finances years ago, I learned the power, the power of what careful stewardship can do. We've had roughly 36, 38 people go through this seminar that I put together. It's a combination of like 10 to 12 books that I've read about money. I put it all into three hours. You say, Pastor Jordan, I can't handle three hours. These are four-hour chairs, y'all. Your butt can endure what the heart can endure. I don't know. That didn't rhyme. But anyway, like it will help you. In fact, just raise your hand if you've been to the Financial Freedom Seminar. Raise your hand. Yeah, Popovich, there you go. Fox Family, Newslers, Mick, yeah. All right. I actually had a person that was very good. He's very good with money. And he came up after the first seminar I ever did on this. And he said that was the best teaching on financial management that I've heard. And I want you to understand, this is a good teaching that will actually, it will really get you on a plan. Okay? You, you can get on a plan. Now, I know we don't like this as charismatics. I know. You say, Pastor Jordan, can't we just play some minor chord on a synth on a keyboard and we can just come cry it out? Nope. We're not just going to come cry it out today. Yes, the prayer team's available. But I'll tell you what. I really feel in my heart, for some of you, God's waiting on you. Like you're waiting on God, but God is actually waiting on you. And this is an area that you can begin to trust him. And you, but it takes some real time. It takes diligence, right? How many of us would say it takes work, right? It takes work. Guys, I'm a creative type. I'm a musician. Like, my, like smoke comes out of my ear when you start using numbers. I have to really focus. But I, I've, I've tried really hard to be diligent in this area, and I've seen God bless and bless and bless. And God wants to do that in your life. So why don't you stand up to your feet. Again, I want to invite you to prayer team. Because you are believing for a miracle, our prayer team wants to pray with you. All right? So, do, you know, don't dismiss the satire. Listen, God wants to pray with you. God, the prayer team wants to pray with you and believe for a miracle. All these people on the side of the, uh, the, side of the uh, walls here, I can tell you individual stories about their miracles in this area. I promise you. I'm looking at them. I know their miracle stories. So they would love to pray with you and agree with you. But if you say, Pastor Jordan, I know this is an area I deal with. I want to see you on January 14th. Why don't you bow your heads? Heavenly Father, help us to really, really be faithful. I thank you that your word says in 2 Corinthians 9.10, we just read about it earlier, he will provide and increase your resources. I thank you that you want to provide increase to our resources. I thank you, God, that your word says 
that you will open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing so much that we can't contain it. If you want that kind of blessing, come on, open your hands. Let's receive this right now. I really feel this unction of the spirit right now. I believe some of you, God is about to open the windows of heaven over your finances. I want to say it again. God is about to open the windows of heaven over your finances. God, I thank you for dreams and visions. God, I thank you for innovations and inventions. I thank you for good staff. I want every uh, business owner to raise your hand. I want to pray for you in particular. Every business owner, I know there's a lot of you in here. Raise your hand nice and high like a lightning rod, okay? Raise it nice and high. God, I thank you for every business owner. God, I thank you for Andrew, for Steve, for Keith, for Jimmy, God, for Lauren, for every business owner. For Michelle, I thank you for every business owner. I thank you, God, that you will give them great staff who are responsible and reliable and that their business would grow. Father, that you will pour out a blessing so much that they're able to give certain customers for free just for fun. Everybody say, just for fun. Everybody smile. Come on, nice and big. Smile real big and say, just for fun. Jesus, teach us what it means to give like you give. Teach us what it means, God, to show grace like you show grace. Teach us what it means to be faithful, God. Can we close like this? Can you open up your hands like an open palm? Father, this money is yours. In fact, if you have a wallet, you can just hold it if you'd like. I'm going to do that. God, this money is yours. It is not mine. It is not mine. It's yours. Help me to steward it carefully. Help me to give when you tell me to give because you are Lord. And God, forgive me as a pastor if I've ever not taught about this lordship element. Help every minister, God, in our future churches and campus pastors to always be bold in teaching about this promise of blessing, this activation of lordship, because you are Lord. Can we say that to him? You are Lord. God, we truly mean, we mean it, God. We want to follow you with all sincerity and genuineness. Be Lord of everything in our lives. In Jesus' name. And everyone said...